What's up, everybody? This is The Quad with Chris Young. As always, I am Chris. God, Haley the Bear. Hello. Producer Josh. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And Ryan from Miami. It is officially basketball season, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm no, right there no, with you, not. Ryan. I'm right there. I mean, you're wearing you're wearing a Sacramento Kings sweatshirt, Josh. So you must admit it is now officially basketball season. The former <laughs> former Kansas City Kings. Let's just get that ah away gotcha. right there. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, obviously, a lot to dive into today. Uh, first of all, uh, yeah, it just decided it was going to absolutely dump snow all over Nashville. Um, eight inches. Yeah. Insane. Insane. According to the National Weather Service in Nashville, Nashville's official snowball accumulation uh, was 7.6 inches. Um, of that total, 6.3 inches occurred yesterday. That would break the daily snowfall record for Nashville. Normally, the annual snowfall in Nashville is 4.7 inches. So y'all had a white Christmas real late this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna say it would have been better had that actually occurred um, on Christmas as opposed to, you know, when I had a whole bunch of meetings planned at Sony, uh, which now have all been moved, and deliveries to my house for things like a washer and dryer, which has now been kicked to next week, and uh, yeah, it, it did not coincide great with my schedule. Let's just put it that way. Nashville shuts down if one snowflake falls. So it's just going to be, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, shut down for a couple days and then it rains next week and then it'll turn immediately to ice because it drops back down to seven degrees and it's just fun, you know, fun times here. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> I should be. The reason we're on this Zoom pod is the reason I'm wearing the Sacramento Kings is because I should be in Phoenix right now getting ready to go to a Suns versus Kings game in Phoenix. I'm not. I'm in. How did that work out for you? I'm in Antioch, Tennessee right now. I am. Uh, let me tell you about my little travel story. So I preemptively, because I'm a seasoned traveler, thought that my flight yesterday would get canceled, which it did. So preemptively, I bought a flight for Sunday night thinking, hey, there won't be that much snow. I'll just like, just be like one of the last ones to get out. No big deal. And I thought that I had done it. I thought that I had worked the magic in my favor. I thought that the travel gods had aligned. And so my flight is at 9.50 p.m., I, we finally board at 11 PM and I'm like, okay, we're boarding. It's going to happen. This is great. And we sit on the tarmac until two in the morning because there's a backup of people getting de-iced. Um, we and, were one of those people. <laughs> yeah. As I was going to say, you were coming back from Dallas, uh, set, uh, for an hour on the tarmac in Dallas, took off. Uh, and then set for an hour after we landed in Nashville. So, uh-huh. Uh, so at 2 a.m., uh, the pilots get on and they go, Hey, sorry to tell you this, but we've actually timed out of our ability to fly this plane tonight. So it's another 45 minutes before we get back to a gate. It's 2.45 in the morning. Another 30 minutes to get my bag, 3.15. 
And then again, seasoned traveler had the foresight to park at the airport because I thought, you know, and just in case something happened, I would like to have my car and be able to get home. Uh, and as it turns out, the, the roads were pretty terrible. And I was white knuckling it from there all the way <laughs> home on 24. Uh, yeah, that was um, that was my Sunday into Monday. So. Yeah, that's. Uh, I went on the boat yesterday, so I mean, I don't know about you guys, but oh, I was out whatever, on the boat in the morning. Ryan, I was enjoying whatever. myself. Yeah, I mean, y'all should have just come down to Florida. I mean, it's it's you know it's a, it's chilly. It's sixty four right now, so yeah. I feel been, you guys is pain though. It would have been sixty eight in Phoenix today. It would have been really nice. <laughs> yeah. Would have been really great. Um, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, you wanna you, you wanna get to go ahead. When you say they timed out, it means like they maxed their hours. Yeah, they they couldn't have flown. They they have a limited amount of time that they can be in the air, right? Working, and so basically what happened was they made them wait so long that they couldn't have finished the flight without timing out of their hours. Yep, this is great. Good times. Good times. Good times. Uh, Hey, Ryan, do you want to give us that poll, that thing that we do every week? Yeah, yeah. Polls are important. We do them every week here at The Quad with Chris Young. And you can always vote in them at uh, on our X account at The Quad with CY. And last week's poll was, which was the first hot take of 2024, which is better, a hard taco or a soft taco? It was close. It was a very, very heavily participated in poll. But with 54.3% of the vote... Soft shell taco was the winner, which starting out, I'm a little disappointed. With the win. That's because you basic people out there like soft shell tacos. Whatever. I would have thought more people would be interested in double D's, but I guess I guess I don't know our audience as well <laughs> as I thought I did. Oh God. Um, okay, <laughs> we're just gonna go to music. Uh, getting things kicked off again, album drops March 22nd. Very excited to have all that news out there. 18 tracks. One of the biggest records that I've ever done. Uh, actually the, the biggest record that I've ever done. Um, and thank you guys so much for showing like all kinds of love on right now being a, uh, a grat track that dropped with a full music video that's out there. If you haven't already listened to that, go check it out. And obviously, Young Love and Saturday Nights, the single, still going strong, doing big things. So uh, very excited to have that music out there in the world. And cannot wait for you guys to hear more from this record. Uh, I'm glad it's finally got a date attached to it. That's such a huge hurdle uh, when you actually are able to tell everybody when it's coming out. Because I've known when it was coming out for a month. You know, we've been filming stuff constantly and working on uh, just videos and content and backloading stuff. And uh, now it's all sort of coming to fruition. So pretty cool to have that out there in the world. Also announce the new tour schedule. So if you haven't checked those dates out, definitely go check those out. Going to be all over the country playing shows and doing some headlining stuff again, which is amazing. Um. And yeah, I just uh, I, I'm excited that all of this news is out there in the world for everybody to have access to and get to check out and cannot wait to see you guys out there on the road. You got to hate that um, 
when you guys pre-save an album, you can see the name of all the songs, but you can't listen to it. It's a tease. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, I was glad to see on there though. Double down. <laughs> Finally, if I didn't put that, if I didn't put that song out on there after all this time, uh, the guys that wrote it might actually show up to my house and physically assault me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in like Polaris is in the snow right now. I think. I think they would. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, Josh updates. On yeah, I was going to say, come on. Oh well, I, I have a question for you. Um, how on earth at this point, right? Almost 20 years into a career, how do you like put new songs in a set and then what gets kicked out? Cause at this point, like you either need to go like Springsteen three hour set or do you do a medley? Like what, how do you, how do you honor the album that's coming out and all of these new songs that like you're excited to play while also 13 number ones, 13, right? 13, right? Yeah. So this is sort of how I look at it. I, I subscribe to the theory of, um, um, sort of the reverse of the hat that I'm wearing today. Don't get too frisky with the set list. Um, if anyone is, is just listening audio only, I have a Gurren brothers hat on that is a cat that says frisky, which I just think is hilarious. Uh, cause I'm a dork, but, um, yeah, I, I don't try to have more than like three new songs in a set. So even if stuff rotates in and out, you know, there's stuff that I have to get to even, even without playing all the number ones. Um, you know, a lot of people would be furious if I didn't play on off and in a set, and that wasn't a number one. That song only went to three. Right. But a lot of people think of that as the number one song. You know, a lot of people would be mad if I didn't play Neon, depending on where I'm at. A lot of people, you know, so it, it's it's tough juggling that. I love that I'm in that situation where it's like people actually want to hear stuff that I may have to take out of the set. But just trying to achieve a good flow um, as far as top to bottom with, with an actual show and then also looking at you know probably gonna have to create a new intro for this year um as opposed to what i've been doing in the past uh you know i I normally try to go with a song that that wasn't necessarily a hit but maybe this year i go back into having one of the ones that was already a radio hit as the the show opened and put the newer stuff in later. So it's just, uh, it's always a balancing act, but I don't want to put too much new stuff in. I think a lot of people fall victim to going, Hey, everybody wants to hear all the new stuff. And sometimes they, they really don't. So it's like, if you give them a couple, that's enough. Yeah. Is it like tears? Like there's the, the, I have to play these at every show. And then the next tier is like bubble songs where it's like, it'd be cool if we can get to these, but it depends on the night, depends on the area. And then there's like the, we filter them in. Like, do you look at it that way or how do you do it? I, I think so. For me, it is at least. I think it's, I think it's that way. One of my favorite things that, that John Mayer does on tour, and granted, I've seen him uh, way too many times than I want to admit on this podcast, is he does in the middle of his set, he has fans who will bring signs 
for songs they want played. And in the middle of his set, he'll basically point at a sign and play basically a five minute melody of a bunch of different songs mixed together based on signs. I'm advocating for that. So signs, not the movie, but you know, not, not, well, actually, you know, we're, we're going to sort of, sort of get a little close to that. Yeah. Well, I also think, I also think like you told me, you have quite a few number ones that are all slow songs and you can't fill a live show with a lot of slow songs. I mean, you can, but you have to space them out. Right. So if I want to play who I am with you and man, I want to be and tomorrow and like, I, I can't put them all back to back. Cause then it's like, you know, and drowning. Music, it's the country music version of Ambien. Like people are just going to go take naps. <laughs> Ambien or, so, uh, or, or beer break time. Like, Oh, I'm going to, Need to go get a drink. Yeah. So you, uh, you have to you have to space them out. You do you do have to space them out. That's the that's just the truth. I think Ultimate Flex just opened the show with tomorrow. <laughs> that's such a popular song still, just though. Li- just flip it on them instead of high energy, just like just be are. like, nope, nope, we're we're gonna do it this way. Yeah. Uh single light you on what? you and just tomorrow and everyone will lose their mind think about it fine you know what i will uh i will be selfish this week though for what are you listening to uh i'm not gonna go with tomorrow but i will go with right now since that is uh out right now so i'm uh i'm, I'm going with my own song this week yeah. um yeah gotta do it sometimes gotta do it what about you bear what are you going with um well if you follow me on instagram I'm pretty sure you can predict what my song of the week is going to be. And good old TikTok does it does its thing and reminds me of songs that I forgot about. And this one is going to be Samantha Mumba. Got to tell you because <laughs> I that I saw the TikTok and I was like, oh my gosh, Samantha Mumba! And I have been listening to her <laughs> since then. So gotta love gotta love the throwback. All of the guys are like, <laughs> no idea. You would know if I played you. Probably, but mm-hmm. off the t- I, I take it one one hit wonder. Uh she had a couple one only one album, but a okay. couple of songs. Sorry. Forgive me for anyone that knows who that is. Like that I I, I don't even know who that artist is. No. And I'm normally pretty good about this, but I I will I will admit I have no idea who she's talking about right now. All right, Ryan, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to let that one breathe for a minute there. I was just going to let a little, little nice little out, pregnant Ryan. pause. Come on. A little nice little pregnant pause. Uh, mine is uh, Megan Maroney's actually going to be my pick this week. Uh, she's got a really good song, Fix You Too, featuring Cameron Marlowe. Um, I, I love that song. I love Marlo, that track. Not Marlowe. Marlo. So Marlo. Cameron Marlowe. You know, Marlowe, 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 you know. It's Marlo? the, he's not a wine. <laughs> Marlowe? Marlo, are you? Is there a Hello? question mark at the end of his name? What's going on? Mar- Cameron Marlo, how Marlo can you go? Uh, so Ivan fix you Bergen? too. Fix fix you too. Uh, it's a great song by Megan Roney. If you haven't heard it uh, yet on her uh, Lucky Deluxe album, check it out. Awesome. Um, I am going to pick. So there's a little story. Uh, so I'm I went back into the studio last week, and I tried something completely different this time uh rather than having a song the new usual national way which is you have a song and then you go in with a band and you you have them all record your song i went in with a group of musicians and we wrote on the spot just 
I would pull up a groove or I would start playing something on guitar and we would just jam and we would write these songs spontaneously in the moment. Um, and we wrote two full ones. And then the third one was a cover. And I think all of these songs will end up coming out. I still need to like work on some, some lyrics and some, some vocal stuff, but one of them, we did a cover of King of Wishful Thinking, which is one of my favorite songs from the 80s by the band Go West. So that's going to be my song for this week. But there will be a version of me doing that song that will come out at some point, probably. All this right. So. Love that. Yeah, it was really fun. It was like a, I, I don't know, I felt like I was 15 again, where it was just like anything was possible. Like before you learn all the rules of what you should or shouldn't do or what a Nashville session should go like, or what kind of decisions you need to make. I was just a kid playing guitar and mumbling with like the best musicians I knew all playing incredible stuff. And it was just, it was, I've never had so much fun um, being spontaneous in that, in that moment. And it was really cool. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, all right, let's go to sports. Uh, um, yes, yeah, so the NFC East just absolutely imploded on itself. Uh, I saw a good Spider Man meme of all the NFC East teams just pointing at each other in their different colors, and I lost it. It was pretty funny. Okay, if uh, calm down, Dolphins fan, let's they you don't even want to go, you don't even want to go there. Your track team did exactly what I told you they would do, which is they all got hurt and fell down at the end of the season. Um, one of the most talented teams in the NFL and couldn't muster hardly any points because uh, it was cold outside. Um, <laughs> I I have to say, I the Cowboys look better than the Eagles, I guess. God, that's just painful to even say it that way. It's We looked awful. Um, and by the way, a lot of people are laying it at the feet of Dak Prescott. I, look, he threw two picks. One of those is not on him. It's it's just a tip ball. I, it, and honestly, the 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 Cooks interception, that guy was all over him before that ball got to him. I don't care. I don't care. I know I'm going to get hate for it. I the Packers beat us. That that is 100 percent the truth. Wax uh, that ass. Our, Wax that ass. Not as bad as the Dolphins got beat. Uh, calm it down, Ryan. We at least scored in the 30s. Um, and we can also score when it's under 30 degrees outside, which is evidently impossible for the Dolphins. So there you go. Dolphins uh, don't like I, um, I just am massively disappointed in that defense, which has been our bread and butter all year long. And they looked terrible. I mean, like, 87 cat being open over the middle like the the scouting report on on love was if you get him off his spot when he's scrambling he's terrible and he picked us apart every time he had to scramble outside the pocket um Micah Parsons finally got a holding call we still couldn't win uh they they just fell down and I do think this is the end of Mike McCarthy's run I think we gotta get rid of him Bill Belichick time in Belichick Big time, D, buddy. baby. It is. It is. I, 
Look, man, I love that idea, but the problem is, is that he's going to want to have GM decisions, and they will no, he, never he give are, those up. That was one thing that actually came out today, and Bill had had mentioned this that he's okay and comfortable with having a GM ahead of him, which I think is going to fit well with with Jerry. Jerry wants obviously wow. creative control, so that, but it's not. See, everybody always says that, but it's not Jerry. There's a guy master strings, that, you know. No, no, there is a guy in that position. Uh, with the Cowboys now, who is not Jerry. Everybody thinks that it's the same thing it's always been. Jerry is not the one making those decisions. Either think, way, hiring Belichick Bill Belichick. Would be, yeah, I think Belichick would be a great fit. Here's the thing. Bill Belichick looks ahead and he wants to beat Don Shula's all-time wins record. If he does that, he has to go to a team that can at least win 10 games a season for the next yeah, but we don't need to win 10 games a season. We need to win a playoff game. <laughs> I, I get that. And and that, that I will, feel you. That will that will work itself out. I'm just saying what he's looking for in a team. I think he would be a great fit for Dallas. But what he's looking for in a team is they already have to have a quarterback, check. They have to have a defense, check. And they have to have weapons, check. He can just then scheme and coach his way into making them a good team and maybe winning some playoff games. So I think that it's a great fit. I think that the we got to get a left tackle. Have to get a left tackle. You can draft that. You have plenty of shots at, at the draft. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't. Re- and the other thing is, I don't really see any other team that would work for Belichick if that's his goal. There's no other. I, re- I think. I think the only other team that would work if this job came open would be a fellow NFC East team in the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles. If would Nick be- Sirianni is fired. Bill but Belichick it just would doesn't be feel like the right fit. Can you see That's Belichick not... with the Eagles? No way. No, because Belichick doesn't want uh, that type of quarterback. I don't think so. And I and I don't think like the other one would be maybe the Jets. I don't think that's a good fit. I don't or think the Chargers, but I, I don't think they that's don't have going to work the there defense either. Is they, they have no defense. They have no defense whatsoever. If, I, if the I, Dallas Cowboys barely have one, they they the Chargers have none. I think that Dallas makes the most sense. He takes over as head coach. Dan Quinn's going to go get a head coaching job somewhere, probably Washington or Atlanta. He and should I, not Dan, have a Dan job Dan Quinn anywhere. shouldn't have a job after that. Fuck. Uh, I, I can't Fault of a game is what you were trying oh, to say. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Dan, Dan Quinn Fumble. should not Fumble have. is what you were trying to say. Fumble. That I, fun, I, I hate going after somebody else's wallet and somebody else's pocketbook. Maybe he gets a, a a chance somewhere else, but someone reminded me that he was the one. Um, he was the defensive coach back when the Falcons lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It's How does he even have a job after that loss? Well, you know what? Our defense looked great all year up until this last game, and I don't know exactly what went down. Look, the one thing I can look forward to next year is we're gonna have digs opposite bland right and maybe if we can get him on another one-year deal stefan gilmore again for another year i think and guess guess who stefan gilmore used to play for bill belichick i would I think, rather see pete carroll but no. oh god no, no i think no. i think this I is want to see pete carroll on the bear because no. okay yeah him. go ahead take him here's take what him. i think here's what i think i Fortune teller Josh has some predictions. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Josh Stradamus. Josh Stradamus. Josh Stradamus. <laughs> I think that Bill Belichick will go 
to the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, we need some like special effects here. So I think Pete Carroll will revive his USC days and go to the LA Chargers to bring some life. I think that Harbaugh ends up on the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think that your Chicago Bears are going to trade Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons for the number eight pick. And they will have one, eight, and nine. And I will go another step. I think that they will then trade eight and nine to whoever's in the four spot. I can't remember who's there right now. The Arizona Arizona Cardinals. They're going to trade eight and nine to the Arizona Cardinals, and they will choose Caleb Williams, number one, and Marvin Harrison, Harrison Jr., number four and that is what the chicago bears will do in this offseason i don't i don't think marvin harrison jr goes number four i think he goes before that i think the other three teams need quarterbacks before they need wide receiver depth and i think that this is how it's going to play out that was a lot that was really a lot think of the bears would be that smart you really think the bears are going to be that smart because they haven't made one right decision i do i think they're going to be that smart Correction, they've made one good decision, and that was getting rid of Getsy, but they got rid of everybody except for Eraflus, and he needs to go. So whatever. Uh last last little note, because I'm I'm not even gonna harp on your dolphins, Ryan. What do you mean? What do you mean? You don't want to talk about the fact that the longest playoff drought now in NFL history resides with the Miami Dolphins, who haven't won a playoff game since December 30th, 2000? Is this you know what? It's amazing. It's amazing how that never gets brought up. It's always the Cowboys, even though they've won more recently than most teams. Or did you also want to talk about the fact that the Miami Dolphins and Patrick Mahomes have the same number of playoff wins in the last 50 years? I mean, we can talk about that if you want to. It's... Listen, all right, let me get it off my chest. All right, <laughs> Go ahead. Let me get it off my chest. And I know what Josh Go is going to pull up. He's going to pull up the double text. Tua the savior. Tua, <laughs> I'm done with Tua. Like, I know it's, it's already thing. there. It's, it's the I get greatest it. thing that's ever happened in my life. I just want you to know. <laughs> I, I, I know it's already there. This is a team, and I told you, I saw when we were nine and three. I they knew just it. Keep I said, doing it to them, man. I do. They keep they doing it. Keep to doing them. it to them. To us, they keep doing it to us. Do yes, us. they do. <laughs> look to it, Tongo Iloa, and you look at what he did against. There is there the text. Is this are you bringing it up? Yes, here it is. It is. Tua the savior has arrived. Ah, uh, Tua sucks. What's the timestamp on between those two texts? Uh, eighteen minutes. Okay, 18 minutes, 18 minutes, which is about the level of excitement of time I had for the Dolphins this season, 18 minutes before they literally pooped down their leg and crapped out of the playoffs, going from potentially number one seed in the AFC facing the Ravens to getting embarrassed by Kansas City in a game where you muster one touchdown. It was a lucky touchdown to Tyreek Hill down the field. Tua in those three games against the Ravens beat Bills and Chiefs completed 56% of his passes for 5.9 yards per attempt and a 66 and a half passer rating. He was bad, but I don't put it all on him. Look, yeah, injuries definitely played a part of this. The Dolphins were without a lot of their top dogs, a lot of them. It's hard to overcome all of those guys that they were missing. And I, when I tell you all of those guys, I mean, literally I, whoa, six whoa, whoa, to seven whoa, playmakers. Whoa, 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 whoa. I believe I said this earlier in the season, Ryan. You did. This is going to happen to this team. You, you said the wheels would fall off. And this they team did. is built like a track and field team. They're all really fast. The problem with having a whole bunch of really fast guys on one team is all it takes is somebody pulling a hamstring 
or hurting an ankle. And, and, and that was it. And it was it was Waddle and it was Hill that were injured and Tua was injured towards the end of the season. Look, and I, I don't want to use the injury excuse. This is a team that had a chance to win the top seed in the East or win the top seed in the AFC, win the division at home, lost that, and then got embarrassed in the third coldest playoff game and third coldest game in NFL history. However, to that text, Josh, you can't move on from Tua Tungavailo. And I say that because the Dolphins have a quarterback. They don't have an elite quarterback, but they have a quarterback, which is more than most teams in the league can say. So I think you have your fifth-year option this year. It's going to pay them some 23, 24, uh, some odd million. It's going to be a lame duck season for Tua. You're never going to get a year again, in my opinion, where he plays all 18 games. He did that this season. So he passed the health test. He led the league in passing yards. He was one of the league leaders in touchdowns. He absolutely looked lost towards the end of the season. But this is where I think this team needs to make adjustments. Tua outside of the pocket has to be a better quarterback. He's not. When things break down after two and a half seconds, he's lost. And that has to be learned this offseason. And I do believe they're going to make those adjustments. But for me, and just to, to the mediocrity that I've experienced with this team, I mean, they went 18 consecutive years with a losing record. All right? Yes, they have not won a playoff game since 2000. But they have made the playoffs now three straight years in a row. There's progress as an organization. I'm seeing progress as an organization. I'm not happy. I'm I'm despondent. I was, I was crushed when they lost in Kansas City. But you have to go through those pain points to get there. And they're seeing a steady climb and rise, kind of like the Detroit Lions, right? I, I think Miami's on a similar path to that. So I'm hopeful. I'm excited. I'm truly, the truly. Lions won a playoff game. They did. They did. But it took some, it took what, Dan Campbell's in his third year here, right? They were really bad. Jared Goff said that. We were really bad three years ago. And then they instilled belief and they went through some of that heartache and pain and finally broke through. I think the Dolphins are on the cusp of that. So you take the lessons learned this year. You you try to figure out a better way to finish in December. And I think this is a different outcome with with a healthy squad. But you, you got to keep Tua. You can't move on from him. It's going to be a lame duck year for him, but he's got to prove it next year before you give him that massive $300 million extension. I respectfully disagree with you on the trajectory of the Miami Dolphins. The difference between the Lions and the Dolphins were the Lions at the end of last year, even after being eliminated, went in and won the last game of their season. They were trending upward that extended all the way into this season, which has now led to them winning their first playoff game since 1992 or whatever it was. 1991. 91. Great. Um, I think we've seen the best part of the Miami Dolphins already at this point. And I don't think that you're going to get a better year, regular season year out of Tua than you did this year. Cause you're not going to get more games out of him. Well, and how long, how much longer does Tyreek Hill have at the level? Tyreek Hill at? said that at the end of this contract, he wants to retire, which is this next coming season. You had a one of one year from Tyreek. You had a one-of-one one year for Jalen Waddell. And Mostert. And Mostert, who went absolutely bonkers this year. Um, I think some of this blame is at Mike McDaniel being too cute. I think that you nailed it when you when you texted and said, or no, you, you tweeted this. You said third and 14, and you do that play. So not the smartest guy in the room. Not the smartest guy. In the I room. think he got exposed. He got exposed at, at the later half of the season. He, he think, definitely got exposed. I think that he 
is talented. I think that some of his schemes are awesome and his motions are awesome. And I think that you can get too cute in this. And I've watched this because the Chiefs get too cute every once in a while. And they pull a trick play out of something. And you're just like, can you just throw the effing ball to... Oh, they did that. No, they did that. They 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 threw the F and ball to Rasheed Rice. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I get it. Real, real recognizes real. I know when teams are getting too cute for their own for their own sake, right? And I think you have to lay this on him. Health matters absolutely. If you don't have your squad, you don't have your squad. That's same for the Cowboys. That's same for for the Dolphins. That's same for any team that gets into the postseason because everyone's kind of limping to the finish line. It's health is one of the biggest parts of the NFL at this point. Um, but I don't know that it's going to get better next year. You know, in Moneyball, when they're like, "Hey, you did this," and he looks at the at his at his, at his uh, owner, and he's like, "We're not going to be better next year. We're getting gutted. We're losing Isringhausen." All remember that scene? That's that is where the Dolphins are at. I don't know that it's you're going to get better performances from your top guys next year. One last level of self-deprecation before we move on. I'd like to let you know. What had transpired uh, the last time the Miami Dolphins won a playoff game, which was in 2000. LeBron was a high school freshman. Tom Brady hadn't yet been drafted. Metallica fired a lawsuit against Napster. Metallica. They filed a lawsuit against oh, Napster. Metallica would be like the Mattel Metallica. 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 <laughs> yes. Why you pronounce the emphasis on the wrong levels today is getting me. The Knicks were the defending the Knicks were the defending Eastern Conference champions, and of the top three songs on the Billboard 100, two of them were by Santana. That was the last time the Dolphins won a playoff game. That was a Patrick Ewing Knicks team, by the way. Just so we're clear, <laughs> that was the last time Stephen A. Smith was happy. Right. <laughs> At least was, the Bears have been in a Super Bowl since then. Okay, before we move on, I do want to point out. The Cowboys might be in the same situation. We had an epic year out of Dak, Pollard, CeeDee Lamb. Land. Land. It it, it could be the same sort of thing, man. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I was about to say, not with the change of coaches, because then you're, you're, kind we'll of see. starting from the bottom we'll see I would, I would love i would love for that to happen i hate saying that about mccarthy because i'm obviously somebody if you go back far enough in my quotes i believed mccarthy was the right guy for the job and i i do think he had a shot but when you get blown out first round of the playoffs after 16 straight home wins having the second seed and basically the possibility to stay at home all the way up into the Super Bowl if the 49ers go down and you can't beat your old team with a young QB. I'm sorry. You showed us everything you got. We appreciate you being here, but it's it's time to move on from McCarthy, in my opinion. It was the right move. I think McCarthy was the right move after Jason Garrett, for sure. Like getting yeah. rid of the clapper, and I think that was the best possible hire you could you could make at that point. And I think right now Bill Belichick would be the best possible hire that you could make at this point. So I think of it think of it in seasons. This is that season's yeah. done. Time to 
hit some reset before and congrats we on your chiefs oh thanks thanks yeah but do you think the chiefs go on after the bills i think that i don't want to get too excited about about all of this okay but our path to the afc championship has never looked better right now i'm not scared of the bills I think the Bills have been playing do or die, win or go home for so many weeks that eventually one week it's going to catch up with them. This will be Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game outside of a road. Super Bowl away from Arrowhead. Yeah. Correct. Correct. That's fine. We've went we went on the road. Not a big deal. Um I feel pretty good. I think Rasheed Rice has figured out some stuff. I think that. We have learned that even if Travis Kelsey isn't old Travis Kelsey, we can still eke out some wins. And we play the Bills super well every single time. All of those games over the last couple of years have been within three points. So, I mean, let's, let's be honest. I hate to flex, but uh, Rasheed Rice figured some stuff out on my fantasy team this year, too. <sighs> yes, he did. And I was on the receiving end of two weeks of that. <laughs> um, before, before we move on. <laughs> Before we move on from the NFL, can I just workshop next week next weekend slate with some betting stuff? Just I, look, hey, you can do whatever you want. This past weekend was possibly my worst betting weekend of the year. I made so much money this last weekend. I'm sorry, I bet on the Packers and I bet on the Bucks. And I no, I, I, I'm glad for you because I definitely I don't I don't really bet on my own team, but the things that I bet on all missed. I didn't hit a single thing this weekend. All right, so so talk me through this because I'm I'm trying to put together a four legger of the four games, okay? Which uh, one eight hundred bets off if anybody has a gambling right. problem. Don't don't ever bet bets. money that you don't intend to lose. So yes. Um, first off, Lions over Bucks, just the money line. I agree. Okay. I would go Bucks, but no, I, the Lions are gonna. After what the Lions did to the Rams, I think the Lions can actually make the NFC Championship. Yeah, um, I agree. 49ers over Packers. Yep. Okay. I'm taking the over of the Texans Ravens. The line is at 44 and a half. I like that because with CJ Stroud going off the way he's going off, I think it becomes a shootout. But do we know what the weather's going to be like? I I don't, but I I feel like both of those offenses can score at least 20 something points. So that the yeah. over on 44 and a half feels pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then Chiefs are getting plus odds right now. Don't fall for this trap. That's your team, man. Don't bet on your team, Josh. I think that there should be a rule in betting that if you get plus money with Patrick Mahomes, you take your plus money with Patrick Mahomes. Now, if you bundle those four things together, Lions, Niners, the over for the Texans, Ravens at 44 and a half, and the Chiefs, you get plus 639. I'm locking it in right now with you, Josh. Locking it in. I right don't know, now. man. I don't know. I, it, I, you don't want to be crushed twice. You don't want to be crushed because your team loses and because you took the points. Well, the Chiefs are the last game of the whole thing. So if the you other thing, you can cash out. This is, again, part of the, the strategy of, of life is you right. take, take plus money on Patrick Mahomes and cash if all the other three hit. All right, shoot me a photo. I'll ride with you. 
Yeah, let's ride, baby. Let's ride. Let's. Oh, it's a full quad. No, I'm not gonna do. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. I'm gonna go the opposite. No. All right. Quad ride. All right. Did either one of you guys watch the movie? Yes, I did. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So we can go to it. Um, all right, let's go to movies. The movie this week is No One Will Save You. Uh, if you guys were not with us last week, we always give you the movie a week in advance, let you watch it. And this is one of the ones that I watched over the break. And then I wanted everybody to get a chance to check this out. That is PG-13 2023 horror slash drama, an hour and 33 minutes, very succinct. And it says, Bryn finds solace within the walls of the home that she grew up in until she's awakened one night by strange noises from unearthly intruders, which is a very, very vague way of saying there's aliens in this movie, <laughs> um, which that's not a spoiler. If you watch any of the trailer, I, I really liked this movie for two reasons. I thought it was one, a blend of a quiet place and signs, but two, they didn't shy away from showing the monsters. And I thought they did a really great character design. This was like sort of uh Guillermo del Toro esque in a lot of ways with the actual monster design for this film. And I thought it was really really well done and i liked the end so josh i'm intrigued to see what you thought about this i liked i didn't love i liked it, it was it was enjoyable um i actually i disagree with you in i don't like them when they show the monsters i or the aliens i don't i don't like it i liked the suspense of signs where i was where you only saw it Oh no! I will. I wait, wait, wait. I, let me let me qualify that since I, now I feel like I read you. I led you down the wrong path a little bit. I I think Signs is a better movie. Yeah. I like Signs because for me personally, that scene where you sort of see it in the VHS footage at the birthday party, right? When he's in the basement. Right. It's the scariest thing that I had seen in a long time because it is so withheld. And then when you actually. To me, I didn't get the the feeling of at the end of signs where you see the alien. It's just like, ah, <laughs> nothing. It's a big nothing burger because you see it. I did not necessarily feel that way watching this movie. I thought they did a good enough job with the way that they animated it, that it came across more like when you see the creatures in um, a quiet place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm saying I feel like it was a blend of those movies. I, I liked each one of those movies more than this one, but I thought this was like a cool, like little hidden gem. It, it felt like a well done lower budget version of those two movies. Um, what I liked about it, I really, so I liked that she doesn't talk except for one line. I yeah. liked, and I liked her communication style. It, it was just how they told the story, especially towards the beginning of just like what she's doing, why she's by herself, et cetera. Um, and I liked the very first scene of the aliens with like some of the electricity stuff going on and the lights in her like little miniature town sort of coming. Like I thought some of that set stuff was done really well, you know, be better than some of those other movies, but it was just, it was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't unenjoyable. It was just, it was, it was good. Not great. It was good, not great. And I think that 
what what the other two movies, Signs and Quiet Place, had for me also is like, I think they were just cast super well. I think this girl was really good, but it was it was actors I already liked. So I felt already bought in from like the yeah. very get-go of the movie, as opposed to I kind of have to decide that I like her. It still takes me a while through the movie to decide that I hope that she does okay. You know what I mean? Like Right. So it was good. I liked the pacing of it and how they ended up telling. And then you kind of create your own idea of what happened and why the town people don't like her. And then eventually, like, in my head, I was like, what did this girl do? And then it came down to spoiler uh, spoiler alert when they were little girls. And in my head, when I finally saw that, I was like, damn, these town people hold a long grudge against some little girl. But um, but I do like how they did the ending and how she chose to live and was basically living in her own little town that she built. That the aliens basically created that, what her visual was to be happy, they created that for her. And she was basically living in that setup that she put together. So I like I like how that was in the end. Like the world still was basically over and run by aliens, but she got the happy ending. I love a good happy ending. Brian. Uh all right. Well, um for next week, I have a suggestion. Uh, I have a suggestion for next week. What's your suggestion? So, have you guys seen Lift on Netflix with Kevin Hart? It's a heist movie. It's like an action comedy heist movie. It's actually pretty good. No. Have you already watched it? I'm in the process. I've got about 25 minutes left in it. So it's pretty good. Hour and 44 minutes. Coming so it's a quick out one. Of the movies? Um, Beekeeper with uh, Jason Statham, which I've heard is pretty good. Oh, because it's been a while since we've been to the movies. Yeah, there's not. Why don't we do Lift and then, and then Beekeeper? There's night, action movies. There's Night Swim. There's no, anyone no. but <laughs> you do the rom com with with my dude Glenn Powell. There's yeah, there's not much. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. Um, I'm I'm not against uh, watching watching Lift. I haven't really heard yeah. anything good about it. So if you've already seen most of it Ryan, and you think it's good, then we can do that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's action packed. It's, it's got a little like tension between romance with Kevin Hart and, and one of the other uh, acting stars in it. So I, I think it's pretty good and it's a, it's a smooth and easy watch. So, and it's, I think it'll keep you intrigued. So lift right. from, uh, lift right. from Netflix. We'll do that. And let's end with the hot take. Hot take. <laughs> What, what, uh, what, what so, was that, Josh? Was that a was that a little tease of a hot take? I didn't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't. What? <laughs> I, huh? Wait a minute. Huh? I, no. Okay. Um. So what we're going with this week is the best tribute song to someone that we lost, and that may sound very vague, but for example, the one that I'm going to pick is uh. See you again. That was a tribute to Paul Walker. Mm -hmm. 
So I kind of brought this up because in my head, like when I was listening to some songs, I'm like, you know, they don't make tribute songs like they used to. And to see you again is, I would say, the most recent. And that one's done really well. But to me, the best um, tribute song that has ever existed is the one for Notorious Big. And that's I'll Be Missing You. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? What did I, what what did, I say? What did you just say? Notorious oh. Big? Big. B-I-G. Whatever. You Biggie. didn't even talk. I know, no, but bear, that's bear. why I normally would just call him Biggie. So that's why I said Big. Go go with me here. So <laughs> No, we can't. We can't. we can't go with you. We can't go with you. I don't know. Right. I always I say Biggie, but I'm reading feedback. on the screen and it says Big. So Biggie, I'm just going to go with Biggie because that's normally yeah. what I say. But um, I'll be missing you. I'll be missing you. To me, that's still the best ever um, song for someone that has passed. Uh, I think uh, Ryan was the only one that heard my joke. That was great. What did you say? Said I loved his feud with Tupac. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wasn't that a wasn't that a video game? Tupac? Yeah. Oh, that was Pac-Man. Sorry. For some reason, when. When you said see you again in the notes, I thought it was the Miley Cyrus song. <laughs> no, dude. Come on. And I was like, that is such a weird choice. Um, oh, come on, Josh. My bad. Um, so mine is, it was everywhere. You couldn't get away from it. It had, it already existed once. And then Princess Diana died. And then it just was everywhere. And Candle in, in the Wind was just you couldn't avoid it. You couldn't get away from that song in that moment. It was it was everywhere. It was every funeral. It was every every moment of 1996 or whatever year that was. And uh who was it originally written for? Well, I don't know. But but the <laughs> Princess Diana Josh doesn't know the history about it. It's obviously notorious big. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> wrote it about it's it B-I-G says released in Balls. 1973 by uh, Elton John it says when yeah. it was released. All right, Ryan, you got a fourth one to add to this? I do. I do. And this is uh, inspired by my father, who took me to, I guess, my second concert. My first concert was Shania Twain. But my second concert ever was Eric Clapton. Uh, so Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton is, uh, it's, it is, it, every time I hear that song, it brings chills. Uh, and is it's just such a, such a sad song. So, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton is uh, is my choice. We got some good ones here, though. What a great list. All right. Yeah, we're kind of all over the place with these. I like it. I like it. I'm very intrigued to see what uh, what everybody picks and what everybody votes for. But, uh, as always, make sure you go vote uh, for your favorite song for this week's poll. And, uh, yeah, I hope everybody's enjoying the snow. If you've got snow where you are, if you are in Florida like Ryan, then you're enjoying the sunshine. Yes, sir. Uh, And uh, we love you guys. As always, keep listening to The Quad with Chris Young. From me, Haley, Ryan, and Josh, we love you guys. See, because it's four of us. That's why I did that. Oh, so you don't do the pieces. Is that what the quad is? Is that why it's called the quad? If you see one of our very first promo photos, I'm throwing up the four. Four's up. (laughs) For that notorious, for notorious big, four's up. Notoriously big. Oh my God. Wait, so are we done recording right now? We are. Okay. I mean, I haven't hit stop recording yet. Do you you want me to do that before you say whatever you're about to say? (laughs) No, she's about to play this song for us. (laughs)